stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Even though I'm in the media, I realize that there is a level of cynicism about the media or reporters in general. Reporters can be nosy. Reporters can be pushy. Reporters like to ask questions. But there's a reason why we ask questions. There's a reason why we exist. And there's a reason why freedom of the press is a constitutionally protected freedom in this country. It matters. We need to be able to ask questions, even uncomfortable questions. We need to be able to hold individuals and organizations to account. So that's what we do as journalists. We don't always get it right. But in this instance, in the Ottawa area in Gatineau, what we have today, it would seem, is an infringement on freedom of the press. So this is a reporter who works for CBC, or Radiel Canada, if you prefer, the French side of it. Uh, and there's a story that they've been investigating uh, in Quebec regarding big brothers and big sisters. Uh, there's an individual who is the executive director of a chapter of big brothers and sisters, who, as it turns out, was once admonished by an Ontario court for practicing law, even though she wasn't a lawyer. So someone who had previously falsely claimed to be a lawyer and was practicing as a lawyer and was admonished by the courts for doing so shows up as an executive director with Big Brothers and Sisters in Gatineau. So it seems like something worth investigating. Big Brothers and, sis- big brothers and Big Sisters know about this. It did not as- appear as though they did. So the reporter who's been following this story had reached out to the woman in question at the center of this story and asked for an interview. Makes sense, right? Let's get your side of the story. Apparently, she had agreed to an interview, rescinded at the last moment, though. So CBC decided they would follow up with an email to her asking if she was willing to do an interview. And at that point, she contacted police. And police went and arrested the reporter, arrested for alleged criminal harassment. Now, you can... Crack open your criminal code if you want and look up criminal harassment. It's, it's pretty specific as to what this charge pertains to and how it's defined. A reporter asking the subject of a news story for an interview and asking only twice, apparently, would not, in my view, seem to constitute criminal harassment. So if that's all it takes, if people want to get journalists off their back... To simply pick up the phone and call police and say, this journalist asked me for an interview, come and arrest him. That's not how it works. If you don't want to talk to a reporter, tell the reporter you don't want to talk to them. Now, if it's 10 or 20 times, they keep asking you, they keep bugging you. At some point, sure, a line has been crossed. Doesn't appear as though that's the case here. Well, joining us for some thoughts on the troubling questions this case raises, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Nick Taylor Vasey. He is president of the, or rather, national director of the Canadian Association of Journalists, CAJ.ca. Nick, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, this seems really odd to me. Have you ever heard of anything like this yourself? Uh, I've never heard of anything quite like this. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure it's happened uh, at some point uh, since Confederation began all the way, you know, right. way back when in Canada. But uh, not, not in modern times have, uh, have we at the CAJ come across anything quite like this. Um, you know, journalists have certainly been arrested and charged uh, for various reasons, uh, mostly the wrong reasons, uh, you know, now and again. Um, but... Uh, not for something quite like this. 
No, it's quite something. And look, I mean, it's not as though reporters are above the law or somehow get a pass on on, on what's considered illegal behavior. But uh, this seems pretty typical. This is what reporters do. Uh, here we have a reporter who is following a story uh, involving someone who has been the subject of a news story, asks for an interview that was accepted, canceled at the last minute. They ask again for an interview. And as far as we can tell, that's all that, that happened here. Yeah. I mean, imagine if any time someone didn't want a journalist to call them um after a couple of phone calls they they decide somehow that they're being harassed i mean there would be uh hundreds thousands of of complaints of criminal harassment every day uh, but I, I think most people understand that journalists are just doing their job when they're requesting interviews and if somebody is in the public eye uh stories in the public interest reporters tend to be pretty persistent and that's that's how it goes uh, you're right that journalists aren't special in, in, in most ways, uh, but uh, we have a job to do. And uh, in this case, the, I, I, I gather not a whole lot of questions were even asked. I think maybe there was a pre-interview at some point where the reporter had brought up some of the material that, you know, was was what he was writing about. And um, I, 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 I also gather that the response was not great. Um, but But it's not like a, a whole lot of yeah, it was not like he, he's he's screaming at her incessantly about something. He's asking for interviews, um, and and this is the result. So uh, it makes very little sense to us. Well, because there are going to be these stories where um, the subject of the story, or the potential subject of an interview, realizes that it's it's going to be uncomfortable, that there are going to be some awkward questions asked, and, and maybe they would just as soon not face the media. No one's under any obligation to say yes to, to a media interview request, but uh, they, they got to know what's coming. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think there, there's probably some nuance here where if you're, for example, a cabinet minister or a person who has some clear and obvious authority, um, you definitely expect those questions to come, and you also have an ob obligation to answer those questions. Um, that's kind of what you sign up for. And I think uh, at, at various levels that, that aren't so clear, uh, people who, who work in, in the community, you know, whether it's in, in the public sector or private sector, nonprofit sector, there are a lot of people who probably think, well, but why why am I under any obligation to to you know, to, to approach or to be approached by the media in the same way. And um, I think this might be a case of someone, I mean, this is obviously pure speculation, but somebody who who doesn't expect to be in the kind of position where she should even have to answer those questions or agree to an interview. Um, and obviously, I think a lot of people would disagree with that assessment, but perhaps that's what's happening here. You know, you have a lot of people who, who, who also agree that people in positions of authority should be held to account by by journalists and other people but surely they don't have that kind of authority right right well and i'm, I'm sure there's a line look i mean if uh you know if a reporter knocks on my door and says rob i'd like to ask a few questions i say nope not going to answer any questions at some point if they keep coming back time and time again and the answer is no every single time uh, like i say there, there probably is a line there that they've crossed yeah and i think reasonable people uh both the journalist and the subject of the prospective interview can usually come to some sort of understanding uh, just based on their, you know, their interaction, their common sense judgment. Um, journalists certainly understand that a no means a, a no to an interview right. uh, after, eventually. Um, but there's all kinds of complicated relationships between journalists and sources. And I think it's worth talking a little bit about um, 
when we write obituaries and that sort of thing. These are very sensitive conversations between journalists who want to tell a story um, and not a story that is going to change public policy, but simply tell a very human story about someone. And you have sources who are obviously very reluctant in some cases to talk about that particular person in their, in their life who they, uh, in well, you know, most cases, just very recently lost. And sometimes you can't do the obituary uh, or can't do it to the, you know, with the um, sort of as robustly as you'd like, because people just aren't really interested in talking. But it is our job to go ask people those questions. And I mean, that is one example. The obituary is one example of a particular uh, sensitive conversation. But also, after some sort of crime has been committed, you know, you knock on doors when you're a journalist um, to, to find out stories and hear stories from people who are very close to a traumatic incident. And again, you have to approach the same sensitivity. But um, you would think that reasonable people can can sort of come to an understanding just based on their interaction. Right. And, you know, I mean, different reporters might approach those things differently. And, and maybe there are some who are more aggressive than others. Maybe there are some media outlets that are more aggressive than others. And, you know, if that's fine, people can have their opinions. Ultimately, though, we're trying to keep the public informed. This uh, case in, in Gatineau involves someone who was the executive director of Big Brothers and Big Sisters, had been admonished previously by a court in Ontario for practicing law when she wasn't a lawyer. It does not yeah. appear as though Big Brothers and Big Sisters even knew about all of that. So this would seem right. to involve matters of, of public interest wouldn't it? It absolutely would in this case. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, this, this is not a case of uh, the, the the sensitive conversation with a family member after a death that, that I was just alluding to. I mean, right. this is a story clearly in the public interest. Um, and you would expect too, if, if the reporter is being too aggressive in the eyes of the subject of the interview, that maybe the person who uh, doesn't want to be interviewed should complain to, I don't know, uh, an editor or an ombudsman at the media outlet. Um, but to suddenly jump to criminal activity it just doesn't seem to add up it seems uh doesn't just seem i mean this is this is definitely an overreach right and i think it puts a real chill on on journalism so it would seem to me the appropriate thing at this point would be to release the reporter to to make it clear that no charges are going to be laid and, and to apologize for the arrest in the first place but i don't think any of that's happened yet has it I don't think it's happened yet. Uh, my understanding is the police are holding a press conference this afternoon, so we'll obviously watch that closely. Um, they did allude in a statement, the police did allude in a statement, to uh, having respect for freedom of the press. Uh, they essentially just said they were doing their due diligence. They, the, the person on their end who took the action did so because the complaint was, in their view, credible. But you can kind of see where it's going. I mean, they've already implied that they they understand that this is a journalist. Um, I think they can probably see what's coming, and you know I don't want to I don't want to falsely predict what's going to happen. But it it it, it, it certainly seems like uh, charges may have come. But you know I guess we'll have to wait and see for sure. Yeah, indeed. Well, Nick, uh, more at caj.ca. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's uh, Nick Taylor of He's with McLean's Magazine and is uh, National Director of the Canadian Association of Journalists. So he referenced that uh, press conference, which has actually been happening as we speak here. And we don't really know a whole lot more. <laughs> what is going on? So the, the police chief in Gadnau is at this press conference, which they called, keep in mind, and says they can't discuss any details of this. Well, why are you holding a news conference? So let's uh, set up the, the little table with the logo on it, and we'll get the, you know, the stands behind us with the logo on, and we'll get all the microphones and everybody there and not tell them anything. 
bang-up job out there, guys. So the Gatineau police hold a news conference to tell us nothing. So we don't really know at this point where things stand or the specific details of what exactly happened here. So, sure, if, if it's as has been reported, that they'd arranged an interview with the woman, she canceled at the last minute. They sent her an email after the fact to see if they could reschedule an interview, and that's when she contacted police. If that's all it is, that ain't criminal. There's a lot more going on here than we, we've been told, then that's an opportunity, I would think, for the police to tell us that. Very disturbing. 974-8255 is our number. 974-TALK. And a lot more to get to here. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.